Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Donaldson Files. This is Tom Donaldson uh, with my good hope, my good friend, Dr. Larry, who at the very last minute decided to help me out. Uh, Coco <laughs> has got a has got an issue with her dog, uh, so she has a bed emergency. So hopefully that's all going to turn out okay. Uh, my original scheduled guest was not able to make it, um, and, and basically all of this happened in the last thirty minutes. <laughs> so, so I don't a, mind being a third choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is the, yeah, yeah. This is the way things go in the business, you know, in the the world of radio. Uh, you know, ever so often you got these glitches where you know, as they say in the business, the proverbial buffalo chips hit the fan. Uh, this is one of those nights. So we're going to have a little fun, have a little serious discussion. Uh, L.A. Bachelor may join us a little bit later as well. Uh, so we're going to get some of his views on things. And, uh, and yeah, and, and maybe we're going to have a try. I also have some little fun with some things as well. So, yeah, it's it's kind of, uh, uh, yeah. So we're going to at least have a little fun with this, a little seriousness. And, uh, and we'll go from there. So, uh all right, so Dr. Larry, you read the latest inflation report. Uh, tell me, are you impressed? <laughs> well, I'm sure impressed with 5.4% uh, uh, year to date or year over year. Yeah, inflation yeah. Uh, is looming mildly now. That so now their their only question is, is this transitory, uh, short term, long term, permanent? Or a fluke, and I don't think it's a fluke. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, this is my view: is that number one, you got so much money being put into the to the economy. I mean, that's self-evident. You got a lot of stimulus. That's self-evident. The real question to me has always been: is if you don't, is the policies you have encouraging growth? Because the old saying is, uh, you know, too much money is chasing too few goods too few goods, you end up with inflation. And my problem that I'm running into is I'm trying to figure out where the growth-oriented policies are coming from because they're going to raise taxes. you got, you know, basically it's all about government spending at this point. we got trillions of dollars left to be proposed, and we just spent $1.9 trillion. And Well, we didn't spend it, you know. So most of it's still still there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me. Yeah. Now they're trying to use it for the uh, for other things. Yeah. Well, that's that was the, I mean, there was most, another question. Yeah, I mean, both, <laughs> yeah, that's another question because the original, you know, the transit. You know, I mean, the original bill, quite frankly, was uh, 
it was specifically, I mean, if you look at the original bill, maybe 10% was, you know, helping folks out, you know, who needed it, and the rest was God knows whatever. Uh, it's, uh, and, and, and the interesting thing is when you look at, the, you know, how they formulated, you know, who, which states get the most money. One of the formulation is unemployment. In other words, if you screwed yeah. up the economy really bad, we're going to help you out. If you did a better job of doing your economy, <laughs> guess what? Uh, you don't get as much money. So they, in effect, are rewarding. In, you know, they're basically bad governance, bad economic plans. Uh, no economic plans. No economic plans. And this is it. And to me, I, I say I don't. Again, you know the trans. I mean, I know the transitory side of the equation. Only if you a, eventually rein in some of the the monetary development and come up with growth-oriented policies to, as I say, to take up the extra slosh of money that's out there. If you don't have the latter, uh, you're not going to. You're going to end up having inflation because you're not going to be producing enough goods and services. To make up and all that money that's sloshing around that's not being used to productive use. Uh, that's you know, my view. Well, they're also you know they're they're talking about the choked uh, supply chain, which is which is a reality, and of mm-hmm. course they're not they're not helping it by uh, taking the uh, uh, approach. To you know, from uh, to their foreign policy is is so so uh, I don't know, screwed up sort of <clears throat> that 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 uh, I mean one of the major goals of the uh, Trump administration was to try to get the the uh, main uh, parts of the supply chain for at least for the main issues that we need other than food and uh, automobiles. Uh, to uh, be back here in the United States, and uh, that that whole idea is 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 apparently quite foreign to the uh, Biden administration, and so they're they're uh, you know they're trying to raise taxes to get everybody else to raise taxes, and, and uh, they're doing nothing to uh, try to uh, encourage uh, relocation of. Uh, Primary uh, factories and uh, and resources here in the United States, so it's just it's, it's helter skelter. I mean, there there's no particular rhyme or reason to the to any of it. It's like a bunch of kids that get into a you know, kindergarten uh, you know fight and then they make up and then they got another fight and it just just run around doing nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean, I mean to me, you know, you know, as I stated, I mean, the biggest uh, problem that I have in all of this is that, again, I don't see where the growth oriented bonds, but you make a good point. But here's the other aspect that comes into play here is uh, you bring up a good point about taxes because the Biden administration essentially is attempting to basically – Impose a worldwide tax on corporations. Exactly. And first of all, number one, uh, tax policies originate in the House. 
and in Congress. They're, they don't originate because the president negotiates a deal with a bunch of countries and say, we're going to raise everybody's taxes to a certain level. Uh, yeah, above 10% profit, which is barely subsistence. Yeah. yeah. And and so what they're trying to do is make sure that everybody across the developed world uh, keep their tax rates higher than what they should be and keep them from basically, like they say, declaring you'll know, have a tax war where countries compete with each other to get goods and services. So absolutely this is just – I mean – and to me, I, you know, and here's the thing I find interesting. And I've yet to hear anybody in Congress come out and say, wait a minute. You know, before you can do this, you have to come to us. This is a treaty. I mean, this is the equivalent of a treaty. You can't just sit back and you know pass these bills. I mean, you know, do you know do an executive? Hey, we're going to pass this treaty, and then we'll get around to, you know, this is a treaty, and this is something that Congress has to basically say no. Tax policies are for the United States. I mean, here's the, you know, you know, this is to me an interesting aspect of what I call American first. I mean, people say American first, American first. Well, here's an example of American first in this respect. We are we are seeding our tax policies outside of the United States. We're basically saying the rest of the world will determine our tax policies, and we'll determine the tax policies of other countries, and they will in turn determine our tax policies, our economic policies. And there's ever an example of why uh, American first is a necessity. This is that example. It's something that nobody's talked about. I'm not sure. I've not heard that much conversation, uh, uh, Dr. Larry, myself, on this. And I want to I want to get your views on this as we get back here. This is Tom Donaldson here on the Donaldson Files on the Bachelor News Radio. A boy born in Joplin, Missouri, was fascinated by anything with wheels and a motor. The odds of him going on to fascinate millions with his talent? One in 260,000. The odds of this born racer having 157 career top 10 finishes in NASCAR? One in 125 billion. But every driver seeks the pinnacle of their achievements. The odds of him winning both the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400 in the same year? One in 195 million. The odds of a child being diagnosed with autism? One in 88. I'm NASCAR driver Jamie McMurray, and my niece has autism. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beers starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Welcome back to the best, uh, the, the Donald's Files here on the Best of News Radio Network. 
And don't forget, I do have a website, the Donaldson Files, DonaldsonTFiles.com, where I have my uh, thoughts and ideas um, on everything from sports, music, culture, and even politics and other issues. So, yeah. So we can, and so you can listen to the Donaldson, to the Bachelor. The Radio News Network on the following networks. You can go iTunes, Teamyard, Spotify, Ankle, and TuneIn.com. The Donaldson uh, Files will be part of the Bachelor News Radio Network along those networks. And don't forget the BachelorNews.Airtime.Pro. You can listen to this podcast and other great shows at your convenience or at the time listed at your convenience or at the time listed on the program. Uh, so, uh, all right. Okay, Dr. Larry. I've not heard anything about this. I mean, have, I've not really heard anybody say, oh, boy, are we ceding too much, you know, about, you know, you know, ceding too much of our tax policies overseas and vice versa. In effect, having transnational organizations determining what our tax policies will be. And nobody has really come up with, you know, has talked about that. Your, your thoughts? Well, I mean, it, it's it's un-American. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's really a very uh, a very distinctive and 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 desperate kind of thing uh, because um, you know our 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 constitution says that uh, we have. Uh, we have a sovereign country here, and we, as soon as you start letting foreigners uh, uh, take over the uh, the uh, task of uh, getting uh, of doing uh, you know getting taxes going uh, for us, um, that that compromises our, our our very existence for being, and and uh, it just is not. Anything that we, any uh, anybody with any sparkle of patriotism would ever ever uh, uh, allow, and of course, uh, we, it's being allowed in in, in all sorts of uh, uh, grandeur by uh, by the the Biden the Biden uh, Biden administration. I I I, I just. <laughs> This is this is just a terrible thing, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I mean, we get you know, people ask the question about America first. Well, you know, this is a good example of, of exactly that. Uh, when you go back to the Paris, you know, the Paris Accord on climate change, that was another because, in effect, we were going to allow international organizations to determine our energy policy as well as yeah. our economic policy. Well, this is just another example where literally, you know, we're looking at a situation where, uh, you know, people, you know, are, you know, we're, you know, exceeding our, you know, the authority. And and again, I, I don't put it this way. Have anybody in Congress, I mean, have you heard, you know, in the Washington D.C. area, anybody talk about this? Uh, I yeah, know Ron Johnson is. Yeah, okay, Ron Johnson. Uh, I know for sure because I heard him talk about it, but uh, I'm I'm not, you know, I I don't. Uh, I, that's the only one I know of. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's just like, an, uh, yeah, it's exactly. It's like kind of a. But, yeah, you would think this would be one of those issues that eventually comes into play because it's, it's not just, I mean, like I said, if you want to raise corporate taxes, raise corporate taxes. Uh, uh, raise well, corporate you, can't, taxes. you can't do that, though, without going through Congress. And, yeah. you know, you've got this strange paradox of the uh, Democrats, you know, they're always been, it's always been said that the Democrat Party is tax and spend. But they they don't like to have taxes. I mean, they they realize that the American public doesn't like taxes, and so as a result, they uh, they like to stay away from taxes as much as possible. And and yet they're always the ones that are want to be spending money that we don't that we end up not having. So it's uh, it's kind of paradoxical, and and really not very uh, responsible in my estimation. Well, I said, by the way, on the line is our good friend, the Swamp Girl, from Columbia, South Carolina. Um, hey, hey, how you doing, Pam? I'm doing good. I'm walking the streets of the neighborhood right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're just wandering in the streets of the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm on my way home. Oh, okay. So that sounds like, like, you know, like you have really nothing planned on you're just kind of wandering around. No, I ended up, you know, I have to wash dishes and stuff and uh, help my father out, and then I go home in the afternoon. Okay. So. All right. And I walk. I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I walk to his house. Walk yeah. back. So how are you guys doing? Yeah. We're doing fine. Uh, all, all, all I heard, all I heard, well, all yeah, I heard, well, all I heard a while ago Go was like taxes and corporate taxes going up. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. It wasn't just that. You know, what we're talking about is that, you know, Janet Nelson has decided, the Secretary has decided that we're going to have an international lid, you know, a bot, you know, what they call a minimum tax around the world, you know, around the world. It, uh, it's like, uh, it, so basically, it's not just the, you know, the fact corporate taxes are going to go up, it's the fact that. We're going to have governments across the you know, world agreeing to what I call a tax cartel. Namely, you know, we're going to keep it at this level. We're not going to lower it. We're not going to, quote, unquote, compete with each other uh, for corporations, for companies going back and forth. And uh, we're going to determine your tax policies. And so it's not just about raising the corporate tax. We're, in effect, feeding our tax policies to basically other nations and vice versa. We're going to be telling other nations what their taxes should be. So, Do you think that's going to work, right. or is that just pipe dreams? I don't think that's going to well, work. Actually, well, you would think, well, unfortunately, here's the thing. So far, my understanding is 130 nations have signed on to the idea. Uh and certainly all of our developments in Europe like the idea because they have a pretty you know they have a pretty nice welfare state they do tend to have their taxes uh on a at least on the an individual side a little higher and they really uh, and so this basically keeps let's say the competition like for example in Ireland you have a 12% business tax corporate tax and a lot of companies you know, you know they kind of you know tip off to Ireland 
has been is actually fairly attractive in that way, just simply because of that. So, the answer to your question is, you know, our problem. The question is, yeah, it could be made to work if you put it into some kind of a very similar a gentleman's agreement. And if you look at the Paris Accord, it's a good example where we committed ourselves by this administration on certain you know policies dealing with energy, even though it's never been a treaty passed by Congress. And certainly this Congress is not going to sit back and say you can't do that. And so far, you know, I've I've not heard anybody say, well, you can't do this on corporate taxes either or any tax. Sit back and and hold a minimal tax that's going to be done. You know, you may Mm -hmm. want to tax the rich, but shouldn't that be our decision? Uh, I mean, this is what's bothering me is nobody's talked about that aspect other than Ron Johnson, you know. You know, Larry's mentioned Ron Johnson. Uh, well, it goes back to taxation without repre- representation, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. I see it. But, yeah. Well, Larry, Larry, didn't we have a revolution over something like this? Well, it seems to me I remember that. <laughs> and yeah. that's exactly the problem. You know, the problem is that, that this is the... Uh, this is the uh, what is they call the magic seven, are uh, are they're the ones that are making this uh, agreement, and and there's nothing nothing that's going to go. Apparently, they're going to try to do it without going to Congress, and I don't think they get through the Congress, especially the Senate, with anything anywhere similar to this. But the other problem is that. Since the since it's multinational companies that they're targeting, uh, who has all the large multinational com- country uh, companies in the world? It's the United States of America. So what we're really they're t- really talking about. No wonder the Europeans are in favor of it, because it means that the, their chief competition, and which is all American, you know, they're all going to have to. Uh, they're all going to have to, uh, you know, see the the bulk of of this tax going to uh, uh, to uh, the Americans, and as usual, we're going to be paying the bill and get nothing for it. Well, has anybody yeah. talked to China about that too? Well, are they going to go for that? Yeah, well, let me put this: according to uh, China, will sign off on it, supposedly. Uh, but on the other side of the equation, uh, on the other side of the equation, uh, does anybody think the Chinese can be trusted? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. So that's uh, so. The answer to your question is, yeah. They probably will sign off and then totally ignore it if it doesn't benefit them. So. I don't see how it would benefit them, but yeah. Well, the thing is, it would benefit them in this regard. Uh, if we keep our taxes high enough, we can't be competitive with them, and we'll continue to have to need them to produce our goods. And that's exactly what they're after. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, if I'm the Chinese, yeah, sounds uh, like a pretty good theory right there. 
No, why would our own our own United States government be the ones that propose and and support this? <laughs> Talk about shooting yourself in the foot. <clears throat> well, I mean, it goes back to the Donaldson theory of the, of the Democratic Party. They do not understand economic growth and how to sustain economic growth. And on the other side of the equation. I'm not sure they really care. I mean, you. I mean, if you look at the the elites of the Democratic Party, how many of them, you know, have been lobbying on behalf of China for years? Well, how many so, of them have more money in their pocket to do this? Yeah. You know, with their dealings so, and and their investments and you know the companies that they've been in, even when they've gone out of office, look at where they've gone. You know, and I'm not absolutely. just saying the Democratic Party. You know, but it kind of that seems to tend to lean that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can afford it. Right, can nope. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. That thought. This is Tom Donaldson. Donaldson Files here in the Bachelor News Radio Network. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m. I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is Tom Donaldson here Donaldson Files on the Bachelor News Radio Network. And to forget our sponsor for this Since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beers starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where Prohibited. Welcome, ladies and back to the Donaldson Files and the Bachelor News Radio Network. You can listen to our show and other great shows on the Bachelor News Radio Network on bachelornews.airtime.pro. We have a schedule of all of our shows. Uh, uh, this show is 10 o'clock Central, 11 o'clock Eastern time in the morning, followed by 4 o'clock Eastern and 3 o'clock uh, Central in the afternoon on the Bachelor News Radio Network, plus we're on TuneIn, iTunes, Spotify, Spotify, StreamYard, and Anchor. All of those shows have our, can be, also have our programming on it. Tonight we've got uh, Dr. Larry, the, the brilliant Dr. Larry, <laughs> and, and, and of course the, the Swamp Girl. Um, from Pam from Columbia, South Carolina, our good friend Pam. And by the way, Pam, just for information, uh, 
just to let you know, the town I live in, Marion, Iowa, was named uh-huh. after the Swamp Fox. Was named after the Swamp Fox. So there's a town oh, in Francis Iowa. Francis Marion. Named after Francis Marion, yes. My favorite. So. I, have, I have many, many, many stories about him, but... Yeah, well, maybe we'll we'll get some a little bit later today. We'll get some of those stories uh, about the swamp fox. Uh, it'll be kind of good for historical that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So, any other conclusions? To, uh, well, let's we'll move on from here. Oh, here's a story. I, I love this story. Okay. The WHO is buying millions and millions of doses of the Chinese vaccine. Which, by the way, when they were actually used in the field, have proven to be about one half as effective as what ours has proven to be. So, you know, I, I thought that it was just, that's one of those news stories that uh, you, you look at and just say to yourself, okay, that makes absolutely no sense. So, in today's world, let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. Your thoughts? About that story, I'll start with you, Larry. Um, well, um, you caught me. Uh, <laughs> you caught me wandering. Um, I, uh, I, I must admit that I, I had got distracted, Tom, and I know that your your uh, strong uh, commentary is always worth listening to, but. Uh, I must admit, this time I missed it. Well, this story just came up today. I mean, I just read this story today. so uh, And it was like I read it about two hours before showtime, which basically means uh, you know, I didn't have a chance to share it with you, except for maybe I think I sent you doing what I always like to do at the very last minute, all of the topics. <laughs> <laughs> And just just assume that you already know everything. So, but but yeah. You know, but I just thought this is one of those stories. You know, you you know, just when you think, uh, you know, just when you didn't think anything can go totally wrong, it keeps going totally wrong. So that's. Uh, or just like I say, this is an. I, I've come to the conclusion we live in an insane world. It's gotten a lot more insane in the last six months. Yes. So, now, well, here's the yeah. You know, yeah, like I say, it's yeah. You know. So, and. Uh, I was listening. I was talking to uh, one of one of one of my readers. <clears throat> before I uh, suspended my column, <clears throat> and and uh, he said, uh, well, when are you going to start again? And I said, well, what do you think of what's going on? He said, well, I don't know what's going on, but I don't like it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think that's a lot of people doing the same thing. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, let me, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, absolutely. Is, you know, I find this to be, I say, if it shouldn't be happening, it's happening. It's a nice way to describe it. I, I, I just think there's a part of us that are living 
in a totally insane world. There are times I look at it, and just when you think you've seen it all, you haven't seen it all. But you, Pam, what do you think? When you look at the world today, do you ever get that feeling just when you thought you've seen everything, something else pops out of left field, and you're like, what? Well, it's happened to me a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, Pam. Yeah, and this thing about the vaccine um, yeah. that they've been buying up, um, it, if you look at it a little bit closer, it's for low-income countries, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know. <clears throat> that's yeah. uh that's a concern. It's a, it's a big concern because they've already proven that the vaccine, they may have to do boosters on them. And the ones that are yeah. coming out that are being for emergency use from China, um, yeah. that they haven't really proven them. Um, but the WHO is out there going, well, everybody needs the vaccine. But, you know, come on, you need well, a, I, a good well, vaccine. <laughs> Well, like yeah. Well, like I say, it's only a third world country, so you know. Uh, I guess the WHO figures. Who cares? Or you know, if we that can't get it from to be what, what I got out of it. I, that, that's yeah, that's what like, I got out of that that information. I I haven't. I'm like Dr. Larry. Really haven't done a lot of study on it. Yeah, I saw the headlines like just float across. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just like, well, you know. Yeah. So well, we're, yeah, we're talking yeah. we're talking worldwide, or are we talking yeah. uh, in the United States? Yeah, the no, WHO bought him up for worldwide distribution um, from the Chinese company. They they oh. signed a deal oh, yeah. um, to to get two of these Chinese, not just one Chinese company, but two Chinese companies are selling them, and they've already got a shortage um, there, but. You know, it's all about the money. Didn't we say that a while ago? Yeah, we did. We, we, yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. <laughs> we did. Was that yeah. what I said? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the other thing, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, you know, like I say, it, it's just one of those things I look, I, I shake my head and I say to myself, you know, you know, we've seen worldwide experience that their vaccine is nowhere near as good as ours. Uh, I mean, that's just, you know, there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that their vaccines is as good as ours. But Well, since we're talking about about uh, worldwide, how come yeah. we've got um, all of these doses of uh, vaccines that are, that are essentially in storage, and then we've got the little island of Cuba, where people are still dying uh, with no no vaccinations in, in sight. Uh, Geraldo uh, uh, was uh, bringing that up the other day, and I I think that's a that's a realistic uh, uh, objection. I mean, it seems to me that that, that we could we could at least uh, use some of our surplus to uh, to help not only help the people of uh, Cuba, but but also, uh, I think, uh, discourage the uh, hold of the uh, Communist Party on, on, on their government. 
and and they're revolting anyway. But the reason they're revolting uh, revolting now mainly is because they can't buy food. Yeah. And it and I believe it's a top down economy when you're talking about communism, and it's the same thing with the vaccine. They decide who gets the vaccine based on the worth of that person, you know, and. Yeah, well, that has typically been the way it is, and that's also the way who gets food based on the worth. That's what happened in Argentina, you know. Yeah. Um, well, that's, 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 that's true. The but, same thing. But, but they don't have any at all. You know, it seems like we could uh, we could donate some. Yeah. Well, that's you know, it's an interesting uh, Oh yeah. The way I kind of look at it is, so I would, you know, the way I would put it to the you know, Cubans say. You know, we will deter, you know, you know you're not, because the problem you run into, if you give it to the Cuban government, that's exactly what's going to happen. You know, they're going to determine who gets it and who doesn't. Uh, on the other side, if we said, you know, if we had the balls to do it, we'd say, you know what, we got these vaccines, we got enough of them, we'll be willing to help you out, but we'll handle the distribution, not you. If you can figure out a way to do that, that would go a long way to undermining uh, the, uh, communist, the Chinese communist yeah. domination, yeah. Yeah, but I well, mean, that, the problem you're going to run into. It's that is a good be, point. Because here's the thing: if you give it to yeah, the but Chinese, I, I, let me give it to the Cuban government. Yeah. The you know the reality is yeah. they're going to determine who gets and who doesn't. Uh, and I think yeah, that, but, that. But you got to go ahead. You got to go think ahead. of the other side of the scenario, Tom. If you if you like, let's say, okay, we will help you and we will give you the vaccine. So what do we have? You don't want us on your, your shores, right? So we're going to have to pull these ships down there. The Cuban government is like, no, those ships are going to be too close to people who, you know, want to jump ship and come to America. That's already happened to us before. We're not going to allow that to happen again. They're going to stay right here and work for us. So, no, they cannot have any contact with your people. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. Well, like I said, you know, I mean, how, how is that distribution going to happen? Yeah, you, it's, it's kind of yeah. like a you really yeah, don't there, have a choice. But. There are NGOs over there now, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, when, yeah. when uh, Obama administration recognized the uh, established diplom- diplomatic re- uh, relations with the Cubans, um you know, there were at least there NGOs and, and and I think some Americans are still there. Uh, the, granted that uh, the Trump uh, administration withdrew the recognition, but there were mm-hmm. still some. I don't. I don't know enough about this. I. I'm not going to say any more because I. I, don't, I haven't done any research at all. But it just seems like if we have an abundance, we ought to share it. Well, yeah. I kind of agree with you on well, that. Yeah. Well, you say I, I don't know, there's a part of me. That says yeah, and then there's this part of me that says, uh, you know, who's going to be the distribution? Because, as I said, I, you know, I, to me, if we can find a way to do it in such a way to undermine the government, I'll be for it. But what I don't want to do is strengthen the government that's oppressing those people either. So it's a catch-22. Uh, let's kind of. This is Tom Donaldson of the Donaldson Files National News Radio Network. And I'm going to be uh, right back with a word from your sponsor. You might know me. I'm 50 Cent. You may follow my tweets, my Facebook friends. Odds are a few in six degrees separate us. We're that close. What's crazy is one in six don't know where their next meal is coming from. 
These are your co-workers, your neighbors, your friends. Hunger is too close for us to ignore. So visit feedingamerica.org slash hunger and find your local food bank to see how you can make a difference. From one close friend to another, let's do this. I'm 50 Cent, and together we are Feeding America. A message from Feeding America. Since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beers starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Donaldson Files here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. You can listen to this show um, on the bachelornews.airtime.pro. And don't forget, we got SteamYard, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Anchor pardon me, and TuneIn.com, all of those stations as well. So what can I say? You can listen to Donaldson Files in so many ways. And listen to my brilliance along with Dr. Larry and Pam. That you just have to keep listening because we're just we're that smart. Uh, all right. Well, hey, as long as we say it, nobody's going to believe it. Well, actually, why not? I mean, here's, <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I mean, I say, I will say that I will take I will take yours and my track record over the past third, 15 months on the economy, coronavirus, the politics, all of this. And I would say we're in the top 5% of brilliance of getting things pretty much close to right. So, Well. If I didn't get it right, you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear all this self-confidence. I, uh, I, yeah. think, it, I think it's a little more than I have. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, 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 I'm say, here's the thing. I mean, sometimes people ask me, I, you know, I, I look at I'll put it in this capacity. You know, with, you know, if you look at what I was saying in April and May, here's what I stated in April and May. I stated that the infection fatality rate of this virus would be far significantly lower than what people originally were talking about. Uh, we were talking 10%, 10 times worse than the flu. It probably turned out on the average two to three times worse. The infection fatality rate was two to three per a thousand, very similar, three to a thousand, uh, nowhere near the one percent plus that everybody predicted. Let's say, starting in March, uh, uh, Fauci and others predicted, even though Fauci himself basically kept upping his prediction to a point where it's not even you know the man has no credibility. But okay, I got that right. I got the right. When I stated that the fast would far more people are getting mild cases versus serious cases, and that this was actually good news, that it wasn't as infectious as we thought. I stated uh, that the lockdown would have far more impact on culture and on our society, and that the you know that the lockdown uh, disasters will outweigh the benefit of it, or the risk will outweigh the benefit. I've been proven to be correct on that. Uh, I stated on this show we would have a vaccine at the end of the year. Uh, last time, you know. Well, I got I got to admit, 
I got to admit that I I did uh, predict the same thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I said I wrote a column that uh, that this uh, lockdown was uh, the greatest gamble of of uh, Trump's career, yeah. and it turned out to be correct. Uh, maybe maybe That's we what? are smarter than I thought. <laughs> yeah, we're smart. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know the thing is, I mean, it, it sounds like we're saying like, but you know, I, like I said, I would take my track record over the past five years and contrast that to about any other talk show host out there. And between you and me, and Coco on and Coco, you know, the Dawson Files and Doctor Larry. We're in the top five percent of getting things right. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it, so, so we are the le- we're the leaders in so many ways. Uh, so I can't stand it. I know. What can I say? <laughs> I need to get autographs. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. But back to yeah. Back to where we were. Uh. uh uh, yeah. Again, what I was talking, you know, back where we were, and essentially, you know, let's, we'll kind of summarize, summarize very quickly. The go ahead. Well, let's talk a little bit about this crime issue that uh, All right. that the uh, the Democrats seem to think that that the whole issue is uh, is a matter of uh, gun control, which seems to me about as absurd as you can get. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a good question. I mean, that's a good point. And I'm going to tell you what, uh, I'm going to give you some stats here and you guys, and I'll get your guys' opinion because I know, uh, you know, Pam is, and by the way, Pam, tomorrow night, uh, Maury Richard is going to be on the show. He's a former mm-hmm. police chief and he, he's going to talk about, he's just done a series of articles on family structure, single female, you know, single parent household, how that impacts crime. And we're going to look at some new studies that have come out, including a study done by my foundation. But since everybody's here, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, let me just lay out some that data. Get your, yeah. you know, here's some data here, you know, that we found. Okay, we looked at 26 different cities, uh, and the, the Marshall, and we also followed up on the Marshall Project, which is a uh, an independent group. They looked at nine cities. We looked at those nine cities plus 17 other cities. Uh, and these are cities, what I call medium size to large. They're, you know, medium size to large. Uh, so, and so, you know, so it's a wide range. Of, we went from Fort Wayne, Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky, Indianapolis, Buffalo. We also have Philadelphia, Baltimore, St. Louis, Detroit, uh, New Orleans. Los Angeles, and across the board. And here's what we found. I mean, here's the thing that impresses me, that really got me to me, if it's interesting. In the Marshall study, they saw in the nine states that they looked at, and those nine cities, those were Dallas, New York, Atlanta, Baltimore, Chicago, D.C., Detroit, Los Angeles, and Philadelphia, uh, that they had a 25% overall increase, eight out of the nine Showed increases. The only one that did was Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is still at a very high rate, but I guess you can say it's like good news, bad news. The good news is uh, 3%. The bad news is this is the seventh year in a row they had more than 300 deaths, uh, 300 murders. 
we there's there something like nearly 900 additional people were killed in those nine cities as a result of this you know, crime rate. 900 additional from the year before. They want to put it in human terms. There it is. You know, 900. And my question is, when you see those statistics and data, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Why do you think it's happening? And I'll start with you, Pam. Well, I think it's just, unfortunately, the restrictions they put on law enforcement. Um, you know, uh, it's frequently talked about uh, the uh, broken window policy that used to be in place. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you, you know, get people for the small crimes and then they were less likely to commit the bigger crimes. Um, yeah. I think that our, 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 uh, kind of sort of going backwards in enforcement, um, by allowing people to get rid of, you know, get away with the small crimes and in so many cities, I, I, I think you mentioned Philadelphia, but did you mention San Francisco where uh, people are allowed? Well, I think, I think yeah. they're allowed well, to steal like five hundred dollars worth of stuff before you call police. Give me a break. Actually, but yeah, five thousand dollars was yeah, thousand dollars. Look at this. Well, here's the thing: it was not included on the Marshall Project, but we included it in ours. Uh, so both Oakland and San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco had about a twenty percent increase in murders, but you're right. But they have when you look at violent crimes and you look at robbery. You know, they have a substantial increase. Uh, I mean, essentially, I mean, let me put it this way. You've had businesses, I think, I can't remember which chain. One of the chain stores basically, 17 of them said, we're out of here. I think it was like mm-hmm. a drugstore scene. We're out of here. Uh, there were other stores that basically said, we're out of here. They're closing down. You're, you're absolutely correct. And you got to a point where, you know, what I was reading is that security guards were essentially told, don't do anything. You know, don't put your life at risk or anything right. to stop this. So, but here's the question I'm going to throw back to both of you. Because here's the point I want to make. I'm going to make this tomorrow night. You know, that thin blue line that you talked about, Pam, that's the line that separates civilization from anarchy. And you look at a city like San Francisco where literally, you know, you're allowed to steal up to, what, $1,000, yeah, I, I can't remember how much it was, but yeah, it was something. I was like, yeah. "Wait a minute, you're you're allowing this? You know, this is insane." Yeah, <laughs> it's more than just. And I bet thing. if it's somebody just... were to do it on, well, if somebody were to do it on the opposite end, I was listening the other day to somebody on the radio. I don't, you know, it was one of those blurbs, you know, where you listen for a few minutes, and um, they were talking about growing up in a small town with one stop sign, and. That one stop sign, the sheriff's department sat there on that one stop sign in that small town, and that's how they got their revenue, by anybody who wanted to roll through that one stop sign. So everybody knew to stop at that one stop sign. They had a low crime rate. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. In that yeah, one you... small town, the crime rate was extremely, like, non-existent. Kids yeah. didn't go in and steal candy. I mean, things like that didn't happen. You know, they were going to call your mama, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And they well, were talking about growing up in an environment like that, where yeah. in one of these bigger cities, you just walk in and it's happening on the street. You just walk right by it, you yeah. know. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, exactly. But, but here's the point I'm going to make. 
we're talking, quite frankly, the thin blue line in civilization versus anarchy. I don't know how much more of an example you can get from that statement than San Francisco would literally. You know, businesses are getting robbed legally. And the question is, Correct. you know, how do you keep society running when you're sense? I mean, this is like the movie Purge, only it's for real. Only it's, you know, it's, you know, theft. But the reality is the same concept. Well, you know. Yeah, you who in their right you. mind wants to run a store that's going to get robbed? And who in their right mind wants to be a police officer these days to try to prevent that? When they're telling you, no, you can't go in and prevent this because of this. Well, that's the other thing, you know, the police police departments are vanishing before our eyes because uh, the uh, retirements and the uh, resignations, (laughs) it's just uh, who wants to be a policeman? Retirements are way up, you know. Yeah. And that's that's just it. Yeah. You know, and and it's like the, the, the guy at the widget factory, you know, I can't do my job. Because they're getting messages like, okay, um, there's going to be a Father's Day meeting next Thursday on Saturday for mothers only. And that's the kind of the message that you get, you know? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Just to kind of show, I mean, this is in San Francisco. But it gives us kind of an interesting paradigm. Interesting aspect, because this is about as leftist as the city you're ever going to see. At the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce, we had a report saying that 76% of people living in San Francisco, they want more police in the high-crime area. And 80% you know, view crime as accelerating. And, and this is the way that, and this is how the polling was done. And basically said, and the respondents were across gender, ethnicity, party affiliation, neighborhood, home ownership. In other words, this was right across the board. And, but not very surprising, though. Yeah, it's not surprising, but you know the thing that comes into play is that, you know, these people are you know when you use the word, you know, accelerating. You know, my view is these people understand it's accelerating. You know, it's like, you know, they're not just saying this is something that's talking points. This is what they're seeing every day, and I go back to my original point, is that. You know, we're talking about what I'm going to use the word civilization. You know, the difference between, uh, you know, in civilization, you know, how can you have civilization when you have no law enforcement? Where you're essentially saying there is not going to be no law enforcement. You know, is there a point somewhere where that thin blue line becomes anarchy? It's basically what we're looking at here with that community. We're talking, you know, outright chaos and anarchy. Well, the wild, wild west, yeah. Apparently, that's what yeah. the uh, that's what the the, the uh, rioters really want is they want to get rid of every all the authorities so they can take over. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really have well, to. You really have to ask what kind. What is their motivation, for heaven's sake, you know, for yeah. doing for this kind of thing? Money. Well, here's some of the yeah. Money. Yeah, money. It goes back to money. money. It's who's in power, who's yeah. in control, and it's all about the yeah. money. 
they want what other people have. They see rich people. I mean, when you see the right, they, you know, they want everybody to have the same. No, they don't. No, they, well, don't. The they didn't give up their iPhone to the guy who didn't have one, you know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think say you look at this is that you're seeing crime has gotten worse. And 81% said crime has gotten worse overall in 2021. So, again, they're seeing it. And this is San Francisco. And here's the thing. You go back to the mayor's race in New York. The mayor's race in New York, to me, was interesting. Because, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, besides the fact, only it, it, they took them three weeks to count it, and they found an extra 100,000 votes somewhere, which to me is used to, you know, which we in the political business will say is a red flag. <laughs> When you found 100, oh, we found 135,000 extra votes. But here was the, the interesting aspect. In those areas where you had the highest crime, by almost a three-to-one margin, they voted for uh, Eric Adams, the uh, cop, who said, I'm going to protect you. Uh, I thought that, you know, that to me was – you know, that tells me – yeah, and the thing is, these are black and Hispanic neighborhoods. These aren't your, you know, wealthy white neighborhoods. These are your blue collar, poor white, you know, black and Hispanic neighborhoods. Saying, voted three to one for the the uh, police chief who says, "I'm here to tell you, we're putting the law. We're going to start reinforcing the law again." Tell, uh, that should tell everybody right off the bat that this is not an issue of Republican versus Democrat. When you are seeing these kinds of numbers, whether in San Francisco or whether in New York, uh, your thoughts, uh, Larry? I'll start with you. Well, it, it, I mean, it doesn't take any genius to figure out that if you want to uh, have peace and uh, if you want to have the pursuit of happiness, you got to have a certain amount of law and order, and if you don't have that. You're not going to have any uh, pursuit of peace. You're going to have pursuit of survival. And that's exactly what's happening. And the idea that these uh, leaders in uh, on, on, on both races and both uh, parties, particularly the Democrat Party, would uh, think that they could, they could uh, go and uh, defund, literally defund the police department like they did in, in uh, Minnesota, uh, for example, or Portland, uh, that you could do that and then still have have law and order. That, that is so ridiculous that that you just wonder what these people are smoking. Um, yeah. Right, so, Pam, I'm gonna let, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, Pam, I'm going to let you uh, – I'm going to give you about 60 seconds before we uh, get out of here because we're at the end of the show. So have you got any extra comments? No, Dr. Larry knows how to say it better than anybody. <laughs> All right. I don't know well, what you're talking uh, either. <laughs> uh, you're gonna say, yeah. This is Tom Donald. I want to thank Pam for coming on. I want to thank uh, Dr. Larry for coming on tomorrow. Maury Richards and Pam, you get, like I said, this will be a show you'll be interested in. Uh, Maury okay. Richards is going to come on. He's going to talk about some of his recent uh, data, you know, things he's found uh, with family structure and how it could affect crime. And we're going to also talk the latest crime data from a report that I helped author. So we're going to have. Uh, the latest data out there for everybody. This is Tom Donaldson here, the Donaldson Files on the Bachelor News Radio Network. And don't forget, Steam Yard, iTunes, Spotify, 
Spotify, uh, and Intune.com, along with Anchor. You can listen to the show in the Bachelor News.airtime.pro. You get all of our great shows, including the Donaldson Files and the show that follows us on this network, that great show with, with Virgil Green and Keith Humphrey, the two great chiefs, you and the law. Thank you very much, and good night. Thank you, Tom. Welcome you back to You and the Law, home of the Bachelor News Radio Network. We're glad that everybody is able to tune in and, and join us for another episode of, a, of the podcast show. And we've got a, another <clears throat> topic uh, that we're going to be uh, talking with uh, with our listeners about, and it's something that's gaining a lot of uh, attention uh, around the country, and uh, especially here in Oklahoma. Uh, so, uh, T-Swag, uh, it's... Uh, Good to be in your presence again, brother. I know it is, and, and you should never forget that. I know you're. I know you're honored to be in my presence, just like I'm honored to be in yours. Hey, hey, man. You know, I have to just. I, I have to bow down. Just bow down and give all. No, honor don't to, do that. No, don't do that, bro. <laughs> no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Keith, man. You know we. Um, we're going to be talking uh, with each other about uh, a law that um, that was recently passed in Oklahoma uh, that's uh, gaining a lot of national attention, and several other states are uh, in the process of enacting similar type of laws. But um, it's a law I think that's going to end up uh, challenging how law enforcement is it will enforce it. Um, but for our listeners um, who may not be aware uh, of what has happened in Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma just passed a law providing protections to some drivers who hit protesters with a vehicle. Um, some people may some people may say, "Well, what did what did you just say?" So I'm gonna repeat that again, uh, Keith. That Oklahoma just passed a law providing protection to some drivers who hit protesters with the vehicle. Uh, This law doesn't go in effect until November the 1st, but uh, it was passed by the Oklahoma uh, legislators. Uh, The governor of Oklahoma signed it. Uh, It would go into law November, November one. So, but it's also uh, uh, being opposed. Uh, There is a petition to recall uh, this, this law. Uh, And so, They've got to get so many signatures across the state of Oklahoma to challenge this law. But, 
Keith, uh, you know, this is coming from this past year of uh, uh, the death of George Floyd. We saw so many millions of people from around the world, uh, not just in the United States, take to the streets to protest the death of George Floyd. But you've got lawmakers who have um, taken upon themselves to make some some pretty serious restrictions on individuals who take to the streets to protest. Man, it's crazy as hell. I mean, I'm sorry, man. That's just crazy as hell. You, so you're yeah. basically telling me that you have individuals who are exercising their First Amendment rights, and even if they are, so they, you know, whatever happened to working with police, getting an organized protest, having the ability to express your rights and you know, if it's organized and you've got the traffic plans in place and things like that, or even if it's unorganized, I mean, how do you sign a bill saying that individuals who are protesting can be struck by a vehicle and nothing would happen to that driver? That That is crazy as hell, man. I'm, I'm, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and essentially what the law uh, portion of this law states that uh, the driver, if they feel – threatening any kind of what hey uh i don't know what happened but uh we just got disconnected uh some kind of way but uh what i was stating was that uh this bill uh is referring to processors as riders and so Anytime you use that that riders, you know, language like these people are riding, um, we're talking about peaceful protesting, Keith. Well, I mean, then that's the case. So then it would have been legal for that guy in um, Charlottesville, Virginia, that ran through that crowd uh, and killed that young lady and injured several others. That would have been legitimate. That would have been that would have been okay. That in the state of Oklahoma after November the first, that would have been justified. So you're basically telling me that anybody who's protesting, anyone who's legally protesting in the state of Oklahoma after November the first, if a driver feels that they are threatened. So my question is, what does that look like? What is what is what is being threatened look like? Is that a perception or is that, is it, I don't know. But so do you have the right to run? That, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. But, you yeah. know, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, and the fact that the, the law also uh, will penalize protesters who block public road, roadways uh, while offering uh, more protection to the drivers who may be you know, who may feel that, that their life is in danger in some kind of way. So now basically the lawmakers are, are leaving it up to the driver of a vehicle to determine if they are, uh, if they feel safe. And if they don't feel safe, then they, they can use whatever means it takes to get out of this, um, uh, the traffic jam that they're in and if that means hitting uh, innocent, uh, you know, men, women, and children, then there is some 
criminal and civil protection that that is afforded to them. And so now you have to uh, – it, it can be articulated if these indiv- individuals can prove to the, the courts or improve to law enforcement that they felt that their life was in danger. And so, again, like you said, Keith, it, it's a – it's a bill that is really is you question why this bill came about, but it I'll tell you it came about because of the Black Lives Movement and other groups who have taken to 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 the public streets to have peaceful protests in it. And there's a lot of argument, Keith, that people are saying, well, these are not peaceful protesting. Um, I'm gonna have to say I've attended several of these protests and they were all peaceful. But, yeah, there has been some unpeaceful protesting across the country. But, Keith, this really is a concern because it's giving people with a motor vehicle the ability to injure and kill people and not be held accountable for their actions. That's just, yeah, you're just basically fueling that that fire. And, you know, I get it if – someone's driving peacefully and somebody runs in front of them and they start, uh, you know, attacking them or trying to break the windows and things like that. And to get away, you know, someone is, is struck by a vehicle in your efforts to get away to save, but save yourself. But, you know, you have options. Uh, if you know there's going to be a protest, uh, you know, the options are going alternate direction. It, it, I'm not saying that people should be blocking people's passageways. I'm not saying that people should block roadways. I'm not saying that at all. But when you know there's a protest, um, the, the, what we tell people, is, the citizens, is to, we try to redirect or reroute citizens so that there won't be any type of encounter. You know, why would you drive into the middle of a protest when you know um, you're going to get stuck? I, that's, I don't, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Keith, we're going to take our first break, and uh, once we we come back, we're going to get back into this topic of of this new law that's been passed in Oklahoma that protects uh, drivers who hit uh, uh, protesters. But you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Greetings and great day, everyone. I am Elder Janelle Strickland, host of the Life Cafe radio broadcast from Maximizing Life Family Worship Center. I invite you to tune in every Saturday from 5 to 6 p.m. Tune in, maximize your life with the Word of God, and be blessed. Only on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Welcome back to the the Law broadcast this day. We thank you for joining us. 646-929-0030, the number to get in touch with Chief Virgil Green, Chief Keith Swag Humphrey to join in the discussion. Don't forget you are also live and you can listen live at thebachelornews.airtime.pro right now. Um, And of course, the chat room is open online on 
Blog Talk. Without further ado, I go back to my good friends, Chief Virgil Green and Chief Humphrey. All right. Thank, thank you, L.A. And we definitely want to uh, give a shout out, Keith, to uh, Tom uh, in Coco for uh, letting their listeners know to tune in to you and the Law Podcast show after their show, uh, which they have a great show uh, on before hours. So, uh, Tom and Coco, we definitely thank you for letting your listeners know to tune in to our podcast show. But, um, Keith. Well, you know what, man? Bert, let ahead. me say something. Let me say something. You know, we both have young daughters that are uh, very interested in civil rights. And Correct. So I look at my young daughter who, when she was in college, you know, she participated in several uh, peaceful protests. And she even went over to Oklahoma City and participated in protests. And I just shudder to think that, you know, someone could uh, could easily say that I feared safety. And that could be my daughter, your daughter, anyone else's daughter, child, brother, sister, husband, wife that because someone feels threatened by one person, you know, we think about what happened in uh, in Stillwater, you know, a few years ago at the homecoming and a person drove through the crowd and, and multiple people mm-hmm. were killed and, and also injured. And, you know, that person was intoxicated, uh, not to justify what they did. You know, they should have been behind a car. But, but now you're saying that because those people were peacefully at the uh, – they were doing everything right. You mean to tell me you got people doing everything right that aren't rioting? Uh, because basically you're going to get that person that's going to try to push the envelope and say, well, I fear for my safety because there's a large crowd of people, whether they're rioting or whatever. I, you know, I just I, I don't get why you would sign that bill. I mean, that that's the big yeah. question. Why would you even, number one, who would introduce that bill? That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, who would? Why would you sign that bill? And and, and number three, the, depending if you're on the on the right or the left, why would you think that that bill is effective? Why why would yeah. you? Why would you, I just? I don't get that. Yeah. Well, Keith, this actually started from a uh, incident that took place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, last May, uh, where right after you know the George Floyd uh, murder. Uh, so many people took to the streets. Uh, some people uh, took to freeways and uh, uh, to protest in large numbers. And so um, you had a um, a driver who was who was pulling a horse trailer uh, in Tulsa who drove through a crowd of protesters. Uh, and this driver injured several people and left one of the individuals paralyzed. And so the senator in that uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma area um, introduced a bill uh, that would give protection to this driver um, who drove into the the crowd of protesters. And so, Keith, the bill basically says that the – the driver has to feel that there is some intimate harm, such as somebody is trying to break open uh, their window in their vehicle or somebody is trying to physically drag somebody out of a vehicle. 
you know, Keith, and I don't think we saw anything like that happen across the country with these uh, protesting in regards to the death of George Floyd. I think you're going to the extreme when you're saying, well, uh, you know, if somebody tries to drag somebody out of a car, I think these people are just protesting. They're not physically trying to harm people in vehicles. Uh, As we know, yes, there's, there's some inconvenience in being stopped while people are walking down the freeway. Uh, the, the traffic really needs to flow, but you've got some people, Keith, who go through the legal process to get a permit that allows them to hold these protests. Uh, but what if an individual who just decides, hey, I don't, it's an inconvenience for me, so I'm just going to drive through the crowd because now there's a law that really protects me. So, Keith, the question is now how does the how does that investigation unfold? Because this person is going to say, well, the governor of Oklahoma just signed the law saying I can do this, and I felt that there was that my life was in danger or my family life was in danger, so I had to try to find a way out. And just so happened, I hit and injured somebody, or I may have killed uh, a child or a parent with their children. There are just so many things that could happen bad from a bill like this. But you know what? Uh, Oklahoma's not the only state that did that. I, I want no, it's not. I can't think there's there's several states that did that. And, and, and you know what, Virgil? I get it. I I, I get if you are driving your vehicle, you are uh, with your family, you're trying to, um, you know, you're not you're not you're not causing any problems. And then someone does try to attack you, but I think it's the, I think it's the same way. Uh, if you're driving now and someone tries to attack you, you have a right to defend yourself. But I'm telling you, when you, say, I mean, those laws are already on the books. Uh, self-defense mm-hmm. laws are already on the book. Why was this law necessary? Why did you have to? Why would you? And I think that's what people don't understand. Why is why are these type of laws created after protests, after peaceful assemblies? Assemblies. Mm-hmm. Why is it? Why are these laws? Why are these laws uh, enacted um, based on the fact that every you know, basically trying to generalize and say that all protests are considered rights? I've heard people say that. You know, yeah. all protests or some form of riots or they will evolve into a riot. That is totally false. But that's the way yeah. the message that Stitt is sending by signing this. That's the message that whoever introduced this bill is sending by introducing this bill. So it's 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 amazing. Yeah. Well, and Keith, you know, other states like Indiana, uh, Minnesota, even Florida, uh, there is similar bills that that are being passed, and you're we're seeing the politics uh, of these type of bills where they are being passed by uh, controlled uh, legislators, uh, whether they may have a Republican governor. Uh, both branches of the government is controlled by Republicans. I think a similar bill may even be. Uh, being in, introduced in Texas. Um, and so you see the politics in it. But, Keith, what if you have, we just like in Oklahoma, 
several years ago, you had teachers who uh, took to the streets to protest the conditions of uh, of their pay. Uh, they wanted better pay. They wanted uh, other things that teach other teachers in, in other parts of the country were being afforded. So you had teachers from Tulsa, Oklahoma, marching to Oklahoma City. You had teachers from all over the state coming to Oklahoma City, taking to the streets to protest. Now, what if a driver decides, hey, I don't, I don't, I'm tired of being in this uh, long line, so I'm just going to start driving through people, and you injure or kill uh, teachers or their children who attended the protesting uh, with them. That's just, again, you're giving the drivers the ability to, for them to determine if their life is in danger. And so after the fact, so you can do this, but then after the fact, now you can argue your case in court, um, which is not fair because now you've got a family who just attended a, a peaceful protest but may not have walked away from it, Keith. And as you stated, both you know we both have young daughters, and to think that our daughters and their friends could attend a peaceful protest but ended up not coming home is a concern. Yeah, I mean, you just never know. You know, there are going to be there's going to be somebody that that is going to um, somewhat try to take or try to take advantage of that law by, um, you know, they're, they're going to have some form of hidden agenda and try to apply that law uh, yeah. to meet that agenda. There's, I mean, there's not yeah. there's just there's, we all know someone is going to do that. Some, there's going to yeah. be someone to, to do that. Yeah, and, and I think that's a, 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 another part of the conversation, Keith, is that you're going to find somebody who uh, is just having a bad day or they just don't like the, the sign that they see that says Black Lives Matter, and this is going to give them the freedom and the ability to say, the heck with whoever's in front of me, I'm going to take my vehicle, and I'm if I hit, if I injure someone, kill someone, then this law is going to give me some protection. Now, some people are going to say, well, no, the law says that you have to uh, say that you were in immediate danger. Well, so you're going to argue about the law after the fact, not before the fact. So, and I think that's why you've got so many people who are opposed to this bill because it's giving the drivers the ability to take matters into their own hands and instead of calling for law enforcement to, to intervene or, as you stated, there's other ways of getting around these protests uh, because, again, they're just not stopping uh, and just holding uh, speeches in the middle of, of, of the freeway. So, Keith, this is a, uh, something I you know, hope our listeners are, that are tuned in, you know, call in and, and let us know how you feel about this law that was signed into law in Oklahoma that goes in, into law in November or what may be uh, a similar law in, in the state that you're in. But we want to remind you that the calling number to the show is 646 And uh, go to our Facebook page and 
follow our Facebook page uh, at You and the Law One, and leave us your comments uh, about the topics that we talk about. And if you got something that you would like to share, please do so in the comments section, and we'll definitely uh, get those comments to you. Uh, but Keith, we're coming up on taking our, our next break, but it's you know I think as we go throughout the show, you know the conversation is is going to be just how appalling such a bill like this here uh, has been uh, passed in Oklahoma. But uh, you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. You know, before Boost, our phone bill was obscene. So we switched to Boost and got lines for the whole family with unlimited gigs for a much more family-friendly price. It's nice to have a phone bill that doesn't require parental controls. Your family deserves better. Get four lines for only $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. Plus, get up to four free Samsung J7 perks with six months of Hulu where you can stream all the shows everyone is talking about. All on the super reliable and super fast nationwide network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Welcome back to the You and the Law broadcast on the Bassin News Radio Network, WCOM and Carborough, and of course, uh, uh, IBM TV. Uh, LA Bachelor here. I do have a, a comment that came in from uh, Dennis, who said that uh, this, these type of laws um, go on. Um, he, I don't know what he's saying. These type of laws go unchallenged. So, that's what he said. Unchallenged because uh, people don't get out and vote locally. They they stay on the uh, president election. Every uh, that's why we have so many Republicans. He put that in parentheses. But that's what uh, Dennis had to say. Dennis for we want to thank Dennis for his comment and and definitely thank you for listening to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Uh, again, you know, the politics uh, of these uh, type of bills is not just happening in Oklahoma, but it's happening uh, across uh, other states. Um, and, you know, Keith, this, this goes back to where people should feel this is a part of your freedom of speech. You you have the right to take to the streets to, to, to protest peacefully. Uh, this goes back to even the in the civil rights era where, uh, you know, Martin Luther King led so many peaceful protesting. And we saw back then how law enforcement uh, prevented individuals who were peacefully protesting, uh, how they injured and even killed uh, peaceful protesting. And so, you know, some, you know, 50 years later, we're, we're, we're seeing uh the politics play into how individuals who are in control of, of making bills uh write bills that are restricting individuals' rights to uh to protest. Well you know what, Virgil, it, it comes down to as police chief, you know people are gonna protest. You know there's so many yeah. different 
uh, reasons that people express their First Amendment rights. People are going to protest. People are going to be the, the, the people who will want to peacefully protest are the ones that live in that, uh, live in that respective city. Then you have people that come from outside that have no vested interest in that that may cause problems. Didn't say they always do, may cause problems. Mm-hmm. But Correct. I think as a police chief, that's why you have to know who your community leaders are and, and what their platforms are. So when they have get ready to have these type of events, it's, it's called planning. The, the proper rerouting, like I said, the proper barricades, uh, you know, this is the time it's going to start. This is the time it's going to end. These are your speakers. That's how you do it. And it seems, though, it's going to put the individuals who take that extra step to to do things right, you, you're, you're putting those participants in danger by signing this bill into law. And I get it. I know what you're saying. If someone feels as though their life is in danger, being pulled out of a car, or they're being going to be attacked, windows broken, I get it, but those laws are already on the books. It's, it's called being, Correct. it's called defending yourself, uh, and, and self-defense laws are very clear. So the laws already on the book, and so why would you do that? Why would you create that law to cause more controversy in that state, in the in, in controversial discussions throughout the nation? Because you're going to have people say, "I agree," because all protesters are, are rioters. That that is not true. But you, but you, but you pass a blanket law like this with very little uh, components of of, of 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 elements, and you and you and you're giving somebody out there the right to to hurt innocent people who are legally yeah. protested. Yeah, yeah. Keith, I want to remind our listeners if you're just now tuning into the show, you know, uh, we're talking about Oklahoma law that uh, protects drivers who uh, run over protesters. And so there, this Oklahoma isn't the only state that has passed um, such a law, but I think the one in Oklahoma is, is, has gained a lot of national attention because of the languages in this law that gives drivers in Oklahoma uh, so much to um, to say that they felt their life was threatened or somebody in their vehicle uh, life was threatened, and so they had no other means but to drive through these protesters. And if that meant injuring uh, someone or even fatally uh, killing someone, that their this law gives them uh, some criminal and civil uh, protection um, where they wouldn't face any criminal charges and they also wouldn't face any civil charges uh, from their actions. So uh, again, Keith, you know, the message that the governor in Oklahoma stated that he was, he was sending a message that riders uh, who threaten law-abiding citizens' safety will not be tolerated. And again, Keith, you know, I mentioned earlier about using the word riders. Um, you know, I think, you know, riders are individuals who are destroying private property. Uh, those are riders, looters. But when you have people who are who are just protesting about the issues that they have with policing and racial biases, uh, those are just 
peaceful demonstrations? Well, I'm telling you, you're giving somebody an op- you're giving them an excuse. You're giving uh, some people or a person an excuse to run over someone who is pro- who is involved in an assembly. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, Keith, I think you know an incident happened at the Oklahoma uh, State Capitol earlier uh, in the year where you had a group of people who were protesting about this law. They went to the to the Capitol. They went through uh, the security to, to gain entry into the, to the Capitol. Um, they ended up going on to the House uh, side of the chambers, and um, they didn't disrupt anything, but the the local news media portrayed it as being rioters went into the state capitol. It's it's a very well protected building. Uh, these individuals, like I stated, they went through the the screening process to get into the state capitol. But again, when you have even the news media uh, using words such as rioters, it gives people who read the story or watch it on the news that, oh, well, this just was a group of unruly rioters who stormed the Capitol. Well, they didn't storm the Capitol. They just went in and peacefully um, demonstrated uh, about this bill that was that was being taken up by the, by the Oklahoma legislators. Uh, but it just goes back to this whole conversation that we've been having since the death of George Floyd is – You've got you've got a group over here, Keith, who really don't want to deal with the issues of racial biases. They really don't want to deal with the issues of police brutality, but we'll deal with the issues of making sure that those who are um, protesting and demonstrating, we're going to deal with you um, to the fact that, you know, they've made this. Uh, a misdemeanor, uh, Keith, that is punishable, punishable by a year in prison and up to a $5,000 fine for anyone who obstructs a public street during the course of a protest. Okay. So, so okay. you know, there and, – and, and you also have some states uh, who have – also put it into their bills that if you are a person who is receiving any type of uh, state assistance, if you're receiving unemployment benefits, you are subject to losing your, um, your, your benefits because you took part in a peaceful protest. So uh, in, 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 in this is something that was introduced in Indiana which would um, that would hold people who are receiving state unemployment benefits are are receiving even student loans or any kind of housing assistance if if the if the government found out that you took part peaceful protest then you're subject to uh, where you wouldn't receive any student loans you wouldn't receive unemployment benefits and your housing assistance would would be in jeopardy. So, you know, again, Keith, what is the demographics of the people 
that are a part of the protest. And, you know, everybody is so focused on Black Lives Matter. But, Keith, you know, I have seen more young white uh, men and women come out and be a part of these peaceful, peaceful protesting all across the country. You've got from the very well-educated people who are taking part in these protesting, but all of a sudden it seems like you've got these lawmakers who are trying to to paint this picture that this is a this is a, a only black people are out here doing this stuff, and and I'm not in in all means, Keith. I'm not trying to turn this into a racial uh, issue, but when you've got people who are saying that you're going to lose your uh, lawmakers who are saying you're going to lose your unemployment benefits and you're going to u- lose your housing assistance, and you could also stop receiving student loans. What demographics are you talking about? And and that's a good question. And and, and what demographics are you focusing? Uh, are you referring to when you talk about riots? Like you said, um, you know we know that the riots. Not I'm sorry. Let me back up. We know that the protests that the protest, occurred yeah. last year following George Floyd, following Breonna Taylor, we know the purpose of that. There is a perception that Black Lives Matter is a is a violent radical group. Based on that limited knowledge that some politicians have on the you know, on the group they automatically believe that any time Black Lives Matter is involved, there's going to be violence, which is which is totally not true. Yeah. But that is why laws like that are made out of panic. They're made due to panic. They're made due to, oh my God, what do I do? I need to put something out there that 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 you know, that's going to alarm people, or is going to make people think secondly about protesting. That's what that. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's what happens. Well, and, and Keith, you know, <clears throat> we're getting ready to come on, on our on our last break, but I have want to make this comment before we go go to break. Back when the teachers took to the streets to protest, and there were thousands and thousands of teachers, not just in Oklahoma but other other parts of the country, who took to the streets to protest uh, the, their teachers' pay. You didn't see legislators come out then to create a law that limits the teachers from protesting or in demonstrating about their their pay. But this past summer and, and since the death of George Floyd, we've seen so many millions of people take to the streets. Um, all, most mostly peaceful, but you have had some unpeaceful, especially around Portland and, and other states. But those were instigated by by people who their intentions were not good. But Keith, we're going to uh, take this break. When we come back, we're going to get into this conversation about a law in Oklahoma that protects drivers who are who run over protesters. But you're listening to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Taste and health. You want both in one cranberry juice? You want Northland. Northland has a kick to it. I like that. It says 100% juice on their label. That tells me it's healthy. Cranberry raspberry, cranberry grape. I love all their flavors. 
Northland, a great taste and the health benefits of cranberry. Only Northland has 27% cranberry in all nine of its 100% juice cranberry blends. I choose Northland because it fits my healthy lifestyle. Northland, 100% juice, 100% refreshing. If you're an African-American man, you need to know about oral cancer. Oral cancer is more common in African-American men than in any other group in the U.S. If you have a sore or lump in your mouth that doesn't go away after two weeks, see a doctor or a dentist. Most often, these symptoms don't mean cancer, but it's important to get them checked. If you do have oral cancer, it can be treated more successfully if it's caught early. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. Welcome back to the You and the Law broadcast on Master News Radio Network, the COM in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. 646-929-0130, the number to get in touch with the Chiefs. We'll be happy to answer your questions and your comments. Did get a comment from someone that said, all of this is deliberate. Um, these bills are passed to oppress those who are, um, those who don't have a voice and those who don't have the legal power to fight back. Um, they're talking about, obviously, um, H.R. Bill 1674. Um, and I tend to agree with them, guys. You know, if they, they're threatening to, to take away benefits from people who need them, that's the, that's the conservative way. Um, not only that, uh, this bill to, to scare people from exercising their constitutional right to to gather peacefully and protest the establishment, whatever it is. So I agree with uh, John, who uh, in Arizona said that. Well, we did. Thank, thank you, John, for listening to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network, and thanks for your comment. And you're absolutely, so, uh, you're absolutely correct. You know, uh, laws like this here are targeted uh, towards uh, – a certain demographic and some people will argue and say, Oh no, it is not. But, you know, again, when everything has been surrounded Keith behind the, the black lives matter, but there has been other groups and other organizations who have, who have took to the streets, who have uh, demonstrated, who have protested, the the issues with policing and racial biases but you you've got some people who who just don't who will not take the the their negative uh attention away from black lives matter uh and look at a bill like this here that says that you know all races are are part of these protesting and a bill like this here, Keith, in Oklahoma that can protect drivers who run over protesters is a bill that's basically saying that you have the right to use your vehicle to injure and murder people if you can prove to us that you felt your life was in danger. 
Well, you know, first I will tell you, I said it again, it's very subjective because you're going to have someone out here. I, I, I don't I don't see this any different than the stand-your-ground law uh, when you have individuals who will try to make the act fit, fit the law. Um, that's what I compare this to. Uh, mm-hmm. I get it. You get somebody drive through, you know, the incident that happened in Charlottesville. Yeah, that that you know that was yeah, that that was wrong. He his his intent, but I think you're going to intentionally have somebody do that, go through a a, a riot, go you know. A, I'm sorry, I keep saying, it, but try to riders, but it is protesters. Yeah, protesters, and, and then it's going to be because you think about this. Think think about this. If you have people who are peacefully protesting and you have someone who intentionally tries to hurt them by driving a vehicle or any other motorized vehicle through that protest, there's going to be chaos. So are you telling me that you can create that chaos? Once you create that chaos, then you become, you put yourself, then you are able to utilize deadly force against someone based on chaos that you started which goes back to a similar um, statute called the Stand Your Ground Law. It's it's no mm-hmm. different. It's the same exact yeah. exact thing. Well, the difference is your one is one is with a vehicle and one is with with the with the handgun. And so, you know, uh, Keith, uh, uh, another uh, state that has. Uh, signed into sweeping legislation is, is Florida, and uh, they've made it. Uh, there's harsh new levels of infraction uh, in their bill uh, in the state of Florida. That uh, the bill is called the uh, strongest anti-looting, anti-rioting, pro-law enforcement piece of legislation in the country. So you, you you're tying law enforcement into these types of bills. And, you know, I think he's something that we haven't discussed so far is the challenge that law enforcement officers will face uh, when these types of incidents happen, because, you know, the law states, Hey, you've got the, the right to do this. If you feel that you uh, are in immediate danger and you have to find some way to get out and flee. Uh, and in doing so, you injured somebody or, or killed uh, a protester. So, Keith, the, how, the ch- how do you feel that this is going to be some challenges for law enforcement uh, to determine if this driver should be arrested at the time of the crime? Or is this something that they're going to have to submit to their local prosecutors for the prosecutor to determine if this person is going to face any kind of charges. Uh, I think, I think both. I, I think you're going to have those incidents that are going to have to be, there's going to be some immediate arrest. And then you're going to have those incidents that they're going to have to look at the technological evidence, uh, technology, technology, technology evidence uh, to determine what actually happened. And yeah, they, they're going to leave it, you know, depending on the, the nature of the process, what state you're in, uh, is it going to be a grand jury that's going to have to determine uh, if there's enough to indict or is it going to go straight to a prosecutor? So I think yes to all of the above. 
Yeah. Well, and Keith, you know, one of the things that has came out of this, um, this the the protesting since the death of George Floyd, is that you've got people who are saying that this is a Democrat issue and this is a Republican issue. And if people in the middle, if they get caught in the middle, they just get caught in the middle. But, you know, you've had people who have taken to the streets to highlight the the racism in policing and other forms of social injustice. But then you've got uh, people on the other side, Republicans, they've responded uh, to a, a summer of protesting where they have proposed really strict laws and measures governing the right to lawful assembly. And so you've got over 34 states have introduced over 81 anti-protesting bills this just this year. But, Keith, you've got some, and then you've got so many states who are enacting laws that are restricting people's right to vote. And so you've got, while you've got these, you've got laws that are, are limiting uh, lawful assemblies for people to take to the streets to protest, you've got laws that are also happening to restrict people's right to vote, and people are out taken to the streets to demonstrate and protest those type of laws. So, uh, again, I think we're, you know, it seems, it it appears to me, Keith, that we're going back instead of moving forward uh, when we talk about protecting citizens' right to peacefully protest and protecting people's right to to vote. Uh, It's as if we're going back to 1963. Well, it, 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 there's a lot going on, man. And, 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 and you, have you noticed that these that these bills are passed, Virgil? Have you noticed that these bills are passed right after certain things occur? Have, uh, have occurred, involving, yeah. uh Involving um, minorities. And yeah. so, you know, the 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 voting acts, you know, based on the fact that there are too many minorities voting, uh, these pro, there are too many minorities protesting. Uh, the, uh, just a friend of mine just texted me and said Florida has the exact same bill regarding uh, protesters, and it's just going to mm-hmm. be, uh, you know, it's going to determine on uh, on that on that governor and and what what his base or the protesters uh, do the protesters make up most of his base. So it's just it's it's everybody sees these are political moves, um, and and you don't have to be a, a, a Harvard or Princeton professor uh, or a lawyer to see that these are political moves uh, based on uh, the actions of, uh, of of protected class people that others feel as though um, they're out of control. That's exactly yeah. what this is about. Exactly. Right. Hey, uh, Keith, L.A. has a couple of questions. Uh, L.A., go, go ahead with your question, sir. Yeah, I got a, a, a couple of questions. And, and But interestingly enough, what uh, Chief Humphrey said about the everything to happen after minorities protesting, if you look back into the, the um, days of the NRA and, and other 
organizations like that carrying arms. As soon as the Black Panthers started getting arms legally, then all of a sudden they cha- they changed the rules in terms of how to, to get a weapon, and that's factual. People can look that up. Um, but two exactly. questions came in. Uh, Dion in Tulsa, he's in Tulsa, he asked you guys if the bill if the bill uh, maybe will backfire on the governor and the Republicans because part of it says, um, quote, if they are fleeing, end quote, from a riot, and there is, quote, reasonable belief that they are in danger or will act as a way of frustrating peaceful protesters. From Dion in Tulsa. And Mike, um, he didn't say where he was, asked if you guys, other agencies, have to hire more officers due to the chaos this bill will cause. Well, let me say, let me, okay, I, so let, the, me let me answer that. Let, let me answer that second part, Virgil, if you don't mind. So, ahead, so police, if if a police department has a good relationship with their community and their and their leaders, community leaders, uh, there's always going to be a, a plan. Uh, uh, that is that is put together for protest. So you're going to know how many officers you need. You're going to know the route. Uh, you're going to know who the who the organizers are. How long it's going to last. What the purpose of it is. So depending on the scope of it, uh, there are times when we have to get uh, receive mutual aid, which is simply if you don't have enough officers on your department to cover it, then you will have to bring in additional jurisdictions, the county, state police, maybe neighboring agencies. But it's all about what the city ordinance are. A lot of cities require uh, protesters to have permits. Uh, a lot of Correct. cities have uh, of times that people can protest. So it's all about relationships and all about planning. But there are those, uh, depending on where the jurisdiction, depending on where it's at, you might have to get additional resources. But and, planning and will, Mike, will, see, will sorry, dictate that. Mike, uh, you can follow yeah, go ahead. up. Just real quick, uh, in New York, he said what he meant was, how do you plan for a, a car coming through the protest and hitting people? And he said, and of course, they can get away with it. So you can't really plan with the emergency, I guess. He, he says, if out of the blue you plan it, you know how many officers you use, and then all of a sudden some car or something comes into the crowd and you weren't really prepared for that. Well, it's, like I said, it all depends on your preparation, your intel. Uh, you do, depending on what who, who's protesting, the intel that you get. You can you can put up uh, barricades. Uh, you can direct that protest uh, the way that you feel it needs to to prevent uh, that type of behavior. But really and truly, a lot of times it's just the unknown, and you hope your presence and planning prevents that. But it's all about the route. It's all about the intel. It's all about working with different departments of the city, public works, to have those barricades and things like that. So it's an ongoing process that develops as, as each minute is developing. Well, Keith, and I'm going to add to this, uh, right because we're coming up on the last few minutes of the show, that everything can be planned uh, according to uh, how this peaceful protesting is going to to take place. But a law like this gives an individual who has other motives the ability, the means to drive a vehicle, get through barricades that may not be uh, manned, and enter into the crowd of people who are protesting and marching who have 
no idea what's about to happen, and here's a person who says, oh, well, I felt my life was in danger, and so I drove through, and I ended up killing multiple people, but the law says that I felt my life was in danger, so now, Mr. Prosecutor, you've got to prove that I intended to kill these people. But so, again, these people's lives have already been taken. Now you've got to go through the court system um, and allow the court system to determine if your actions were justified or not justified. And just like the, the caller in Tulsa stated, that this is a bill that could backfire on the state of Oklahoma. But, again, what if people's lives are lost in the process of this, Keith? And and I want to add this in real quick. We've seen, so, and this has nothing to do really with protesting and demonstrating, but we've seen so many uh, individuals who have taken to the streets on the weekend to have these, you know, donuts on the interstates and streets. But what if a semi-truck driver who is, who is backed up in traffic for miles decides, hey, I'm sit, I'm tired of sitting here. I'm going to just plow through this crowd of people, and if I hit and injure somebody and kill somebody, then, hey, I, I felt my life was in danger because I didn't know what was going on. Traffic just came to a stop. So there are so many other things, Keith, that can play into a law like this here, especially when there is already laws that – prevent people from doing such, but this law just enhances a driver's ability to take the life of another person. It's scary, my brother. It's scary. And, it and is. It, there's it, going to be debate saying that that's not what the law says, that's not what it is, but why did it create this law? Like I said, there, there are self-defense laws on the book already. Yeah. There are self-defense laws on the book. Why make a law specific to protest? Period. You can say riot, yeah. you can well, say whatever, but it's just, it's crazy. You're putting, man, that's just wrong. Yeah, it is, Keith. Well, hey, man, we're coming up uh, on the last few uh, seconds of the show. Keith, has been another great topic that we've been talking with uh, each other about and talking with our li- listeners about this new law that was passed in Oklahoma that that most likely will be signed into that will go into effect November one that protects drivers who run over protesters. Uh, we want to remind you that if you miss any parts of this show, you can go back and listen to the rebroadcast shows at thebachelornews.airtime.pro. That's thebachelornews.airtime.pro, and go to our Facebook page and follow us on uh, on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Anchor. There are so many ways you can uh, stay in tune with You and the Law. But definitely tune in next week for another edition of You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network.